You are listening to the Fantasy Joes Podcast, your weekly dose of fun and unique fantasy football talk with a focus on Dynasty. And now, here are your hosts, Trey Barrett, Will Greenwood, and Ryan Livergood. That's right, we are the Fantasy Joes! Here, coming at you with our Upbold Spicy Takes episode for 2020. Uh, I am at Riddle Librarian, Ryan Livergood. Joining me this evening, as always, from the Pillow Palace itself, although I don't see too many pillows in the Pillow Palace tonight, it's Will the Thrill Greenwood! What's up, Will? First hot take, Ryan, you have no idea how many pillows I have in here. Uh, my guess is there's at least 64 pillows in this office right now. That is a yeah. lie, but oh, I'm getting ready for tonight. I've rearranged the pillows so they're more out of screen. And I think it's still the, the audio quality still seems to work well. Um, I think it's good. You the, said, office you sound- is also, the office is also rearranged a little bit because my wife's going to start working from home. Ah. So... Yeah, your books are turned around. I just noticed that now. She did that. One, I guess it's a trend (laughs) so that you could have more like matching colors on your bookshelf. I guess it's like a a decor trend that people are doing. Uh, And two, just for like her Zoom conference calls, she didn't want them peering back at the books. Yeah. Uh, She doesn't want them to know she read the Twilight series in the past, that type of stuff, right? Well, we read a lot of like, uh, you know, like kind of fantasy novels. I guess that's what you'd call it. Like, not like crazy, crazy fantasy but i mean if something's set in a different world and there's like potential some sort of magic in that world that's kind of a fantasy book right yeah i mean we all play dynasty football all our listeners so we 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 feel you well i mean we're, we're no guys we're i know our- i know everybody thinks that i'm just like cool <laughs> hip trendy you know leather jacket wearing motorcycle driving cigarette smoking underneath the street like kind of guy but i also read fantasy books <laughs> but tonight you're not reading any fantasy books you're giving hot bold spicy fantasy football takes on the 2020 season so well we've done the show before with mixed results i, I will say but this I don't is their mixed ryan they're all they didn't get any right last year okay but... we were bad last year we were bad but, I but think that's last the point year, ryan yeah that's the point this is just a fun show and it, it, it will allow us to have some fun discussion about different things happening and um it's going to be fun yeah so well, you, you had a good way of explaining this, right? Like these hot, bold, spicy takes, how our listeners should take them. We're not saying that you should, this is super actionable advice. And, you know, if we, if we call a long shot, a uh, running back one, you should reach for them in your, in your redraft league or something. This is just things we can potentially see happen that would be fun for us to happen that we're kind of, you know, in our hearts hoping will, will happen. And we, we can see a, 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 there's, there's like a little window of, of hope that these things might happen, right? Yeah, and it's also like, hey, here's some players we're excited about. Let's go a little over the top and what we think their ceilings can be, and let's call out those ceilings and call them as takes and that we believe in them, because I do. And I think this is all it's, – it's fun, things to chat about. It's fun to kind of create your own takes. It's kind of, this year, I actually, Ryan, struggled a lot more than last year. One, there's just, there's just so many bold takes out there in the world. So trying to differentiate from what a lot of what I've already heard uh, – making some kind of I think I just have one call that's just just blatantly uh me fantasy wanting uh, the rest of them I've, I don't feel that bad about them I mean yeah that's one of the things we tried not to do you know so you're not going to hear us say Joe Burrow is going to be a you know quarterback one and break maker Mayfield's touchdown record you know something like that's been out there um and could could certainly happen but I think multiple people have said it at this point so that's not really a hot bold spicy take it's not very unique 
Paris Campbell, you know, breakout wide receiver for the Colts, that type of thing. You've heard that probably a half dozen times at this point. So not that, the, that, not that those things are super likely either, but we're going to try to be a little bit fresh and original. We'll see if we were successful. Well, we've set the stage, but before we, um, we go a little further, for new listeners, I want to explain that we assign these takes levels. Um, the, you know, back to the good old days, our first season, we did this really every week during the season. We might bring it back this year. Our takes have five levels. There's banana pepper, there's jalapeno, habanero, ghost pepper, and the almighty Carolina Reaper. So if Will, for example, said, I think Mr. Trubisky is going to be the QB1 overall this year, I would certainly give him about 5,000 Carolina Reapers because there's just no way that's going to happen. But that's what we mean by a super hot, bold, spicy take. Whereas if Will said, I think CMC is going to be the running back one this year, that, that's not even a banana pepper. That's probably a milk take, right? So those the are the secret, levels. The secret level of milk take, the ultimate disrespect, which as I put in the show sheet, I called Ryan the milk take king. Yes. I'm not sure why, but maybe we'll find out. Well, uh, you know, since I'm the milk take king, I should probably go second. So Will, why don't you lead this off with a hot, bold, spicy take for 2020. Okay. So my first one on the list, I think I'm going to save for like the middle because that is the crescendo of my takes and I have some some really good feelings about it. I'm actually very excited about it uh, overall. But so the, the to lead us off, Ryan. So this this kind of has a, a two-fold part to it. I, I was flipping back and forth throughout the week, deciding whether or not I want the first fold of this, but I'm gonna go ahead and go for it. So one, uh, Drew Locke does not finish the season as the Broncos starting QB. Uh, I think Drew Locke is fine. I I continually see him being overdrafted and overhyped for the small sample size that we've seen in him. And I just, I have so many concerns about Drew Locke. I wanted to get him into my, my takes. I didn't really have anything other like harder than saying that I think at some point in the year he gets benched and doesn't finish out the season as their starting QB that he has some struggles as a sophomore. But the real point of this is I want to go with Cortland Sutton. Despite all these struggles, Cortland Sutton still finishes as a top five wide receiver in full PPR. All right. I, I like, that's a good way to start. And, and I will not disagree with the first part of your take. I don't think that's hot at all that Drew Locke does not finish the season as a Broncos starting QB. I, I, I probably am in lockstep with you there. However, Cortland Sutton as a top five wide receiver, I want to say that's ghost pepper because I, I don't think it's Carolina Reaper because he's uber talented, but you know, considering he is paired with probably poor quarterback play and Jerry Judy, you, you, if you listen to football guys, you know, Cecil is, is at Broncos camp and he's talking about how Jerry Judy is, you know, like he's, he's going, you know, underdrafted. You need to get him on your fantasy team. So he's looking good and you've got other options there. Uh, you know, no fans and um, the, uh, you know, other, other weapons for, for Drew Locke. So I will say ghost pepper. That's a good, good place to start. Yeah, I, I I don't, yeah, I don't think it's Carolina Reaper only because he's super talented. I mean, so he's got it in it, in, it, in him, the potential. Yep. Uh, way to create resentment with your co-host here at the beginning of the show. Resentment? But, uh, what are you talking about? <laughs> so one, I, I want to give a little bit of reference to this too in the past when it comes to like quarterback play and I'm still finishing the top five. And it's not a direct corollary or correlation. But if you look at a guy like Kenny Galladay last year, and this is a 17-game sample size because I didn't pull up his 16 games. 
uh, though it might have been a little bit higher because he only he didn't have a great week 17. Three catches, 70 yards. It's still pretty good for PPR. But anyway, he finished as wide receiver number nine in PPR last season. Uh, and I think that Cortland Sutton, overall, when it, I, I think he's better than Kenny Galladay in a vacuum. So I, I like where this can go. I do think Jerry Judy is a little bit of a scare, but I think that, that having a, a more spread out and wide passing game could be – you know, could be a good thing for him and, and take away some of that alpha coverage, or at least, at least they'll have more options and get more creative. So I, I'm really high on Cortland Sutton this year. I did not put my money necessarily where my mouth is in the auction draft I did for redraft the other day. One, it's not PPR. Uh, it's kind of this weird form of standard where you get a little bit more points per, like per receiving yards, but uh, I'd kind of run out of money by the time he came up. I'd made some choices elsewhere. And so I just I'm really high on Cortland Sutton going into the season, so I wanted to put it out there. And I think a lot of people are too. I don't think he's a tremendous value. Um, maybe in dynasty leagues he's a tremendous value, but I think in like a redraft league where he's going, it seems like it's about right. Although I think he's a good pick in redraft because I think he has an upside. He's a guy that could certainly easily outperform where he's going in, in redraft leagues. So my guy typically goes after him in redraft leagues and it's Devonte parker well my first take of the night hot bold spicy take is that Devonte parker is going to be a top 12 wide receiver and I, we're going with half, half point ppr leagues right in this format so that is where i'm going and I, and I think that you know maybe that's not super hot because he's talented but I, I think a lot of people have written him off just based on how much he's disappointed and he's certainly an outlier we don't usually see guys break out as late as he did but he was outstanding uh, for a stretch last year. And it, it's easy to not like Devontae Parker. I think he's just one of those guys that feels kind of dirty to draft him on your, on your fantasy team. But I think he's a guy that could certainly outperform where he's going to redraft leagues and probably is pretty cheap to acquire in dynasty leagues. And I like Devontae Parker being a wide receiver one this year. And I know it's not going to be the best offense in the world. I know when Tua takes over for Fitzmagic, uh, you know, his style does not necessarily pair well with Devontae Parker, but I still think he's talented enough to reach that threshold. What say uh, you, Will Greenwood? I mean, Ryan, he's already done this. Yeah, but how many people are projecting to be wide receiver one this year? Yeah. Name, name one person. Zero. <sighs> I don't know about that. I don't know about zero. Are you projecting him to be wide receiver one, Will? Nah. Right, I'm just trying to say how, how hot it is because it's uh, – I like it because it brings De- Devontae Parker back into the the four of our minds. And we kind of forget that he had a really great year last year and finished very high in a wide receiver and actually traded away and dynasty league and regret that uh, during that moment. Cause I think he's worth more now than when I moved him and I was kind of already kind of out of it at that point. Um, anyway, long story short, Ryan, I, I think I got to go hop, hop an arrow, right? Like, cause it, it happened last year. So yeah, to, to that's fine with me. Why does one? I still think that's pretty hot. I think habaneros are above my spice level in life. Um, <laughs> you know, I think no, I think that's right. No, I, I, Devontae I, Parker coming back with the same resolve and and skill. Like the the last year's Devontae Parker was just just wildly better than any form of Devontae Parker we've seen. I'm a little bit worried, Ryan, about the kind of early missing some, some camp stuff earlier on, but yeah, this, this, this same minor injury last that's, year. I don't know. Yeah, taking him out for a week. Yeah. You just, you just don't want, you just don't like injury. You, I just prefer to have a receiver that didn't have any injuries in the preseason. Yeah. Wouldn't we all? 
it's yeah. No, I'm happy with Habanera. No, I I would not. I'm not advocating for for Ghost Pepper Carolina Reaper. I'm just getting started. This is my in my first take here. So, um, but I th- I think he's great value. And if you're in a redraft league, I, I think you should should look for him because I think he's gonna gonna be a nice value for you. I think he goes a lot later than some some other guys, and I think he could certainly finish higher than where he's going in most redraft leagues. So, Will, what's what do you got next? Yeah, I might actually have to try to trade for Devonta Parker. Not during the show, but maybe during the show. Uh, so next is my boy, Philip Lindsay outscores Melvin Gordon. Uh, I, I'm not really, I don't really care if it's if it's half, full, non like non PPR. I just think overall, Philip Lindsay outscores Melvin Gordon this season. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm trying to figure out where to. We need to stop betting against Philip Lindsay. And I get that they brought in Melvin Gordon, but it wasn't the biggest contract in the world for what it's worth for running backs. And I do think he is going to be used. And I think that's okay. I think it's okay to have the uh, the one-two punch there. I just I are you are you going to be? I, I, I just think he sees still enough enough of the snap share to to beat him. Yeah, I, I see. I'm struggling with with this as as like how hot to give this because I don't think this is particularly hot because. You know, I, I do think that Philip Lindsay, we know he's talented. And Melvin Gordon is getting older and starting to break down a little bit. So I wouldn't be very surprised if this happens. Although it's certainly hotter than banana pepper. I, I don't know. What what would you what are you gonna advocate for here, Will? I'm I'm sorry. Oh, I don't really care. <laughs> I just wanted to get it out there. All right. This I'm is gonna... like so because where's Philip Lindsay going, you know, in redraft leagues? He I feel like he is the much better value in scoop and score. Uh, for what he can do and still being at least with the with the Broncos he seems to always have this chip on his shoulder and plays really hard he might get you know injured again but let's get another third year of Philip Lindsay being a great fantasy starter for us and uh you know then we can just call it a big win yeah no I, I'm glad you said it too I'm, I'm giving it a jalapeno only because I don't have a lot of faith in Melvin Gordon but I do like you putting Philip Lindsay's name out there because you're right I mean he's a guy that we've disrespected ever since he's coming to the league Obviously, you know, this undrafted free agent, um, which you actually identified, you know, early on in the process, uh, you know, a guy that in his pro day looked really good. And, well, and so he, didn't, he didn't make it onto the show, but I went back and looked because I know I wrote a bunch of notes about him, Ryan, and I couldn't have been more angry. I thought, that, you, I thought you talked about him on the show, but maybe he's, uh, people but, aren't going to go I, back I, and look. Just say you did. Just take the win. Yes. <laughs> All right. So I, I, I like it. And, and yeah, no, I, I think Philip Lindsay is definitely a better value in redraft leagues and, and probably a guy, once again, you can acquire rather cheaply in dynasty because, you know, once again, a guy we just don't want to buy into because he doesn't fit that profile that we want. You know, we want the guys with the, you know, high draft capital and, you know, obviously he's battling a guy, Melvin Gordon that has that and they, they signed and gave money, but. Yeah. Uh, I, it's yeah. going to be such a continual struggle to decide where to, to rank, you know, dynasty rankings. He's always going to be a tough, tough player to yeah. to really f- feel like you can either sell or purchase for the correct value. Right, right. Okay, I, I don't think you're going to like this one necessarily. I just want to get this out here. Um, another guy that you know is, is kind of came from nowhere that that no one really believes in. It's Raheem Mostert. Um, I, I'm he's going to be an RB one in 2020. And I know that you can give me a milk take if you want, cause it's not particularly hot. Cause it, once again, 
you know, we've seen him do, do it in stretches. Did he do it last year? I'm not really sure. No, I know not in the whole season. Not, at, yeah, not over the whole season. And I know that they've got other backs. There's, you know, Tevin Coleman to contend with and Jarek McKinnon seems like he's going to be the third down back there. Um, but I, I think what we forget is just that he, he's, he's the RB one there. Even if Tevin Coleman gets the courtesy start and gets the first carry of the game, I think that we're, we're going to see Raheem Ostert climb into that, that running back one territory. And I just think he's a, a great deal in redraft leagues and, you know, and once again, probably in dynasty just for, for guy to, to use for a year. So, um, uh, but you know, as we've seen in San Francisco, there's always a chance that someone can emerge and, and, you know, supplant him like a, like a Jeff Wilson type. But I just think he's getting disrespected and goes way too late in redraft leagues. And there's no real good reason for it. They, they've got a great offensive line. They're going to run the ball. They're going to want to run the ball. He's an RB one. So give me, I, give me, I, give I, me think the, I think he's way hotter than your Devonte Parker call. So I'm really just ghost pepper. Oh yeah. Are you wow. kidding me, Ryan? Raheem Mozart is an RB one. What he's getting drafted in the fifth, sixth round nowadays. For an RB1, for right. that to make that leap, that's huge. And for him to stay healthy throughout the whole season as an older running back yeah. on an expiring contract on a team that we do think will run the ball very well but has never proven to be a source of comfort uh, for which running back you're starting. I think that's I think calling Mostert an RB1 is, is, is a really hot take uh, overall. I, I do like Mostert. I went through such ups and downs this offseason with deciding where I wanted Mostert and where I wanted to rank him and what I wanted to do. And I, I just couldn't, I couldn't pinpoint it. And I still didn't. And, uh, you know, he's going for prices. At least this is at least I have one example of an auction. I have the other ones coming up, but he's going prices similar to, you know, Todd Gurley, uh, DJ, uh, Melvin Gordon, right around there. Uh, I think, you know, you know, in my opinion, maybe they were a little bit low at that point in time, but that's a, uh, that's, that's getting bold. That's way more bold than Devontae Parker, who finishes in our wide receiver one last year. I wonder, though, if we surveyed it. Maybe I'll put this on Twitter. What do you think is more likely to happen and see what, what people say? I'm, I'm very curious. I think I'm going to put that on Twitter after the show because I, I want to see if, if, the, if the consensus is the same. I'm curious. I just feel like people are real down, down on Devontae Parker for whatever reason. So You'd be horribly disappointed in the results. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We'll find out. All right. Will, what's your next hot, bold, spicy take? All right. So this is my reach. A little bit of fantasy wanting. It was mentioned in the last episode uh, that J-Jaw or J.J. or Sega Whiteside is the light beer version of DJ Chark from last year. And I know Chark ended up finishing the season a little injured, so his overall season wasn't as hot, wasn't as great. But I'm going to go uh, – we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll go back to half point. Sure, here, Ryan. You can even go full point. I don't really care between those two. Uh, that he finishes a top 25 wide receiver or better. Well, I'm sorry, but have you heard the camp report that he's just balling out? I mean, this is inevitable that he's going to be probably a wide receiver. Inevitably. That's what everyone's predicting. So, no, of course, I'm kidding. That is certainly the almighty Carolina Reaper. To say J.J. or Sega Whiteside is going to be you know, so fantasy wanting for this. Yeah. No, but, but I, which I is love a part it. of it. And I'm sorry, and that it just is. But there are those camp reports fueled this. And he fits kind of that second round draft pick. He actually tested pretty well at his pro day. I don't think he should be too shamed for that. Uh, and it just, you know, sometimes the Stanford's quarterback play wasn't uh, wasn't great. I, I still kind of kind of go by this that when you have a quarterback that can't throw the ball very well, adjusting to a quarterback that has a just a you know an arm cannon in the NFL takes time. 
yeah, it, it, uh, it, it is an adjustment. Um, I think probably going both ways. Um, <laughs> but the, um, I, my, my brother-in-law, he played a little bit of college football. He was a wide receiver, played with a, a guy that went, that played for a division one program at Duke. And he went from him to a guy at a division three school that just had like a noodle arm. And he was just blown away by how different it was. You know, he was playing with his division one quarterback, even though it was just Duke, but uh, ACC football is nothing to, nothing to sneeze at. So um, yeah, I, I like JJ Arcega Whiteside a lot in college. Will I, I was a big fan of his game. If you watched him in college, he, he was really impressive and, and you're right. He didn't have the best quarterback play. And I, I think it's certainly within, within the uh, realm of possibility that this could happen. Um, I, I still think it's a Carolina Reaper, but it would be really awesome if it did. I, and I, I can't mean, remember too. It was one of the, the dynasty dummies, uh, great podcast to listen to, by the way, for a lot of rookie talk too. He does a lot of scouting. He had, he was very, very high on JJ. And again, that, that kind of rookie season, non-breakout, it, uh, you shouldn't just completely write somebody off for that. So I don't right. know. Well, I feel well, like, the, I feel like 25, let, let's, that, you know, maybe at 36 is an actual bold take, but then 25 makes it a Joe's bold take. Well, and his price might have gone up a little bit, but especially at the price. I, I mean, are you betting on a little bit of an outlier, you know, based on his rookie season, is he going to break out? Probably not. But as we've seen with Philip Lindsay, Raheem Mostert, guys we've talked about, uh, Devontae Parker, who was a late breakout, sometimes there are outliers. And if it, the cost is low enough, why not bet on an outlier? I mean, I don't think you should pay, you know, overpay for an outlier possibility. But in this case, like, I, like w- before the – um, we're, we're in a Konamico league, salary, salary cap auction uh, league. And I was trying to create some salary by essentially you could have taxied him for a couple of bucks and no one wanted to take him for free to spend their taxi squad. That, that's how little value he has. And so you can get him cheap still in dynasty and certainly in redraft. All right, Ryan, I'll late. take him in that league. <laughs> I have no other players. Uh, all right. Uh, the offer was, was, offered and you turned it down and we've moved on well, you wanted you wanted something I back i forget what it was but it was horrible. no I, I wanted like a fifth round pick back so ooh, ooh, ooh. i'm really good with them <laughs> fifth rounders <laughs> all right um here's my next one um it's certainly a talented individual I'm, I'm curious to see what you're gonna think will i've got christian kirk as a top 18 wide receiver in 2020 I think that Christian Kirk, for whatever reason, I, I know that DeAndre Hopkins has gone to town, um, g- gone into Arizona, but I think that's going to help Kirk. And I, and I think there is room for two wide receiver, like, you know, two top 24 wide receivers in Arizona. I think it's going to happen this year. I think it's going to be DeAndre Hopkins, which is, which is, you may have something to say about later, a little foreshadowing and, uh, and Christian Kirk. So I, I like Christian Kirk, oh. uh, top 18 wide receiver. I think it's pretty hot, but well, you tell me. <laughs> That's I like the hard sell there. I, th- I think it's pretty hot, but uh, you know, go ahead, go ahead and go against me. See what happens. <laughs> so uh, Kirk's, you know, target per game pace last year was pretty high. That offense and Cliff Kingsbury. So this is also Ryan. I do feel like this is a belief that Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury is going to get better as a coach, and just it can't isn't, get worse, can't, right? Like can't adjust at the NFL. Oh, he can get much, much worse. Remember Chip Kelly? Remember Chip Kelly coming to the Matt, NFL? Matt Nagy in Chicago? There's another example of coach got worse the second Let's year. Let's go more from – I was using an example that was from college to pros and had a lot of success in their first year. Oh, uh, okay. Well – I actually think Chip Kelly had a lot of success in his second year, if I remember correctly. In the third year is when things went downhill and he got fired. Um, yes. So, man, I feel boring. Right? I, 
I don't I, – so I don't think this is Carolina Reaper because I, I don't think this is, like, that hot. Christian Kirk's what going in the sixth, seventh round uh, of – I don't think he's going that early. No, eighth round uh, of – I think he's going to play. Let's look up. We'll look up ADP. I, okay. I as you do that, uh, again, you you know you're switching coaching staffs, you're and everything like that. You can see how the effect that it has on a team. They have added wide more wide receiver depth to the team. Andy Isabella is still one of those guys that was a he was the uh, Josh Rosen replacement pick, which was close to the last pick in the second round, I believe. So we'll see what he does. The road of world just had that blurb that Hakeem Butler is left off the 53 man roster, which sad day for for Hakeem. <laughs> I didn't um, see that. So, which, which is, is uh, th- there's more to that story, which we should talk about in the offseason next season. But, uh, right, I just don't, I, I, I have a hard time really feeling that this is like crazy hot. So, top 18. Yeah, I, th- I think I'm good with, in half PPR with going with Ghost Pepper. Okay. Uh, I, think, I think 18 would, would return value pretty heavily that he'll take a big jump in value overall and that it's worth being a ghost pepper take. Cause I don't think it's habanero like in the middle. Uh, you know, it's like, it's like ghost pepper with a milk chaser. So according to fantasy football calculator, ADP half point PPR, Christian Kirk goes at the nine Oh two pick. Um, okay. And then if I, if I look at fantasy pros, they got him off later than that. One twenty wide receiver 44. But I'm, but I'm with you. I mean, I don't think it's Carolina Reaper worthy either because Christian Kirk is a talented wide receiver. And obviously when you're paired with, with Kyler Murray, I know you and I have our back and forth about Kyler Murray, but he certainly has potential to be a great quarterback in the league. So, you know, pairing him with – and if that offense does take a leap. So it's not crazy out there. But I'll, I'll take I'll take the um, ghost pepper on that one for sure. Yeah, like I, I don't think you should at any point in time should sell low on Kyler Murray as his upside. Even if Kyler Murray has a slightly down year, I don't think his value is going to dip super, super heavily when it comes to trading for other positions in a super flex dynasty league. You know, because basically that's what you talk about with quarterback values because nobody really cares in a single quarterback league. Right. Uh, so, yeah, that's where he'd have to have a real bad year um, to, to drop dramatically. I mean, we saw it with Baker Mayfield, but I think he'd have to play pretty bad, which could, could happen. I know. I think and his... The more and more I thought about it too, talking about like Dak Prescott and that offense, like he'd have to have a really bad year to drop where I had him in my QB rankings moving to 2021, but I, it's okay. Oh, well, that's okay. I'd say 2020, right? No, right. I, I just don't, I still don't like it. I just don't, I, maybe it's just that I just don't want it. I don't want to pay for him. Like I just don't, that price isn't that the value that's going to come back to you isn't the upside that you're going to get. Long anyway, long story short, uh, I would like it if Christian Kirk broke out, but it'd be he. he I do feel like he gets touted quite a bit, you know, because he was a, a a great prospect, early breakout age, good enough draft capital in the second round. So I I, you know, even the the little blurb is like Christian Kirk to challenge for a thousand yards. If Christian Kirk doesn't get a thousand yards this season, I consider that a disappointment. Yeah, I I think that's fair for sure. Um, yeah, I think in the dicey community, some people still still like him a lot. I just think in the in the redraft community, based on what I've been reading and listening to, I I haven't heard anyone mention him. I think maybe Bing Grash with the you know CBS Sports um, Fantasy Football Today. I think he's mentioned him a couple times as a sleeper that he likes, but other, otherwise, I, I think he's a little bit off the radar. So, um, okay, Will, 
you we're, we're about halfway through our, our hot bold spicy takes we'll, we'll we might come back with more next week because you've got a ton of them but you're giving the best of the best here so what's your fourth hot bold spicy take okay let's just go ryan no i'm gonna say that for the next one that's the next one so i'm uh, sticking with the cardinals and i have another one with the cardinals so somehow i guess i i hate the cardinals uh this year and it it, it it's hard for me to really project these big jumps moving into the next season. And that's where there are a lot of value lies. And it's either the value lies in that other people are buying into that assumption and you can sell high on somebody, but I'm not trying to acquire any Cardinals this year because prices are just too dang high. So another part of this is, this is about DeAndre Hopkins. He, he hasn't been practicing with the team. His go-to in the past has, be, has to become the quarterback's best friend. Uh, we haven't really heard anything about him and Kyler Murray becoming best friends and doing a ton together. And now that he's not in camp, there might be, you know, one of the reasons that was kind of underlying with him getting traded from the Texans was contract talks. And maybe they haven't talked about that in Arizona as much as he's wanted. So anyway, he, he's just not around uh, there. I think it was called like a, like a hamstring strain or something like that, but it's one of those potential like phantom hamstring strains. I hope actually everything's fine. But long story short, in half PPR, I'm going DeAndre Hopkins finishes outside of the top 20 wide receivers. And, and you're you're ta- you're talking about if healthy, you're you're throwing injury aside, right? Because because I that, I, mean, that's the I feel like I, I feel like I get that baked in here, right? I don't know. I mean, it it it, cha- it changes the a little bit. It changes the the spiciness of it. I mean, I think if you I think it's a, pretty much a Carolina Reaper if you say you know, and he stays healthy all year. But if you say he's, he, you know, if you, if you remove that, then it's probably not quite as hot because, you know, I mean, he's, he's been healthy every, like every year. Yeah. But the guys can get hurt all the time. I mean, that's generic statement of the century. <laughs> I'm just but, saying it, it matters. I mean, we should probably clarify that. Like, do we want, well, I mean, we would get his blanket with all these, because you know that's kind of like a like a cheat code for one of these things to happen like of injury because injury. Yeah. Happen. And that's, that's, a, that is a part of the negative. So I guess let's go without injury fine <laughs> talk to me into it well going without injury it makes it it makes carolina yeah. reaper so but that's kind of the point i mean i made it without injury but i also get to you know i thought i could maybe <laughs> fall back on that little that little injury like uh <laughs> you finish that side that's how 20 20 wide receiver sucks because he was injured week one i'm brilliant <laughs> thank you everybody i mean that's the only reason i got that baker mayfield call correct like week three of his rookie year or whatever is because Tyra Taylor got a concussion. So it doesn't even really count, but I still celebrate it because you know what? It's fun. Yeah, it counts. It counts. All right, I just wanted to clarify. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think there's been a lot of talk. I think Elvin Silva was on Twitter the other day talking about how he feels that uh, DeAndre Hopkins finishes outside the top five and other people have said that. So I don't think that's, that's too crazy to say that. Um, Cause his targets will probably go down the spread the ball around yada, yada, yada. However, to say he finishes outside the top 20, that is, that is really, 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 really um, hot. Carolina Reaper that year he had was it? what counts as injury. Like if does Odell Beckham count as injury season last year? No, I'm, I'm talking about you miss games because you're injured. That, yeah. That's what I mean. Like, like if he's got this lingering injury or something, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give it to you, but. I'm talking about if you like a guy that just like he flat out misses games. So. I think we also need to push down wide receivers that change teams. I think historically, like basically Brandon Marshall is the poster child for changing teams and crushing it. But outside of that, it's few and far between. 
Yeah, we have seen DeAndre Hopkins finish outside. I look back to 2016. I think that was a year when, um, you know, guys like you, you and me were thrown in the ball. And so he did finish as the uh, – looks like wide receiver. Oh, player. Ryan, in a startup draft that season, I took uh, Allen Robinson the first round and DeAndre Hopkins in the second round. Oh. So, like, I don't know. That was the year <laughs> after his down season. So, you know, good with the bad. Yeah. All right. Anyway, you, you got it. You got the you got the mighty Carolina Reaper. Congratulations. That's not even the hottest take. Well, I know we're 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 getting there, right? We're getting there. Okay. Um, I that, go ahead. That that outside of uh, Drew Locke was where I think I wanted to stay. No, I have one more negative take. All right. One more. You and your negative. Takes. But we can save that for next time too. All right. I, think I don't I got like two, negative takes. I got two fun ones after this one. I just want to put this out out here and I, I don't know I, i'm curious to see what you think like like all these so Tariq cohen i've got him as a top 18 running back in half point ppr leagues i, I know he you can say he's done in the past a couple of years ago he did it and that's kind of one of the reasons i i want to mention this because one of the things the bears have this year that didn't have last year um, they still have bad quarterback play and an iffy offensive line that they, they have that again but i think they've got they're going to get some decent tight end play not not that jimmy graham is going to you know, be this tight end one or that Cole Komet is going to be this, you know, the rookie tight end one or anything like that. But the standouts in camp have been the tight ends. And if you look back to a couple of years ago when Cohen had success, that's when Trey Burton was playing pretty well. They had decent tight end play. And that really opened up things for the offense. If you think back a couple of years ago, the double, double doink game, infamous double doink game, uh, you, you might remember that Trey Burton missed that game. And that really changed what the Bears could do on offense. The Eagles focused on Trey Combe, took him out of the game plan. And I think that happened a lot last year due to the Bears tight end play. So this is a little bit narrative street. I think with, with decent tight end play in Chicago, I think Trey Cohen is going to climb up a little bit and be a top 18 RB. I think this take is hurt a little bit by the status of David Montgomery because he'll probably get more action because Montgomery's out. Um, but I thought that this before the David Montgomery thing. So this gave me a chance to talk about my Chicago Bears will and mentioned Tariq Cohen. I think he's a pretty good value. I, th- I think we, we've kind of, we're kind of down on him. And I don't think he's a particularly good uh, pass catch- catcher, honestly. I don't think he has very good hands. But he's a weapon for the, the Bears, one of the few they have, him and Allen Robinson. That's about it. So um, what do you think of that, Tariq Cohen, a top 18 running back? Yeah, I want it to be really hot. But I feel like I get way overzealous about these rankings. Uh and with Dave Montgomery being hurt, there's nobody signed at this moment, so we have to take it in this moment in time. Why would they uh, sign anyone? They've got Ryan Null. I mean, why sign anybody? Oh, Ryan Null. If Ryan Null explodes on the scene, <laughs> uh, I will no longer be wearing clothes during the podcast. Not that we do a live stream, but Ryan's <laughs> eyes will be uh, burned out of his skull. Yeah. Because he'll see a lot of pace. I'll be pretty pumped. Going. I won't care because if Ryan Null is, is that great, I mean, might mean the Bears might win some games. So he's a preseason hero. Why doesn't he just transition that into the regular season? Boom, maybe, done. Maybe, maybe he will. We'll see. Uh, since it's only 18, Ryan, I'm going to give you Ghost Pepper. Okay. Because it's, yeah. Because it's like, there's there could be a lot of injuries at running back. There's like, that, see, that kind of fact, that's the way to like play the injury game, too is that Tree Cohen stays healthy throughout the year. You have some of the, the higher echelon guys go down. We were pretty lucky last year when it came to running back injuries for the most part. Um, so that's where I feel comfortable. You can make your case for Carolina Reaper, and I could be easily swayed. 
Yeah, I'm I'm happy with it. I, I think that's fine. I mean, because because I, I think you know the the point to make is we've seen him done it do it before. So um, although I would argue that Bears offense somehow was a little bit better because I think maybe each year Mitchell plays he's going to get worse and worse. But anyway, all right, well, let's let's move on. He Trico was the running back 38 um, in 2019. Just to remind our listeners, so that's a climb. What was he in 2018? 2018. He was the running back 13. Mm. So there you go. There you have it. And Philip Lindsay was the running back 12 in 2018. So. <laughs> oh, God bless you, Philip Lindsay. <laughs> All right. We got, we got a couple. That was a couple more. year too. Uh, yeah, anyway. You got, you got a couple more. I got a couple more. So, so I really went back and forth in this because I had initially laid out, but then today the waffling happened. But I'm going to go, because I did this last year, so this is going to be our annual Will guesses who's going to be the RB1 overall, who is the outside candidate. And so this year, I'm planting my flag on Nick Chubb, finishes this year as the RB1 in Skyrockets in Dynasty Value. We talked about this kind of during our, our predicting the, the running back ranks. This is bolder than what I think he actually, you know, than I had with with what he was in those ranks moving forward. He did not have a really hot finish to the season last year, but Cleveland was also kind of done at the end of last year. That that whole team was just a mess. Uh, which I actually think they gave Baltimore a little bit of run for their money in that, that week 16 game. But at the, the, what I'm saying is uh, what, what matters is Nick Chubb is an uber-talented rusher, along with he does have great pass-catching chops. And I just think that even with Kareem Hunt there, and assuming Kareem Hunt's there like the whole season, and everything plays out that way, I just think I think Nick Chubbs is that much better than Kareem Hunt that he has the opportunity to still finish as this year's running back one. He rushed for just under 1,500 yards last year. And if he does that again, or even more, with, a, with what is supposed to be a better offensive line uh, under an offense with Stefanski, if he keeps that more as Mike Zimmer – type of offensive style there's going to be enough rushing plays to go around where I think that could even move up and then if he just gets slightly more involved in the passing game than what he was last year overall and again I know I know I know that Kareem Hunt really dipped into his passing game production when he came back but if if they just start mixing it up more on offense while Chubb is on the field I think his catches can can spike uh relatively significantly so I really really like Nick Chubb and I think that he has the potential to do this. And so I'm just going to put it out there as the bold take that he finished the RB1. Yeah. I mean, I could come up with the arguments why it's not a Carolina Reaper. I could say, um, well, you know, with Stefanski there, they're going to run the ball so much. It's not going to be funny. And, and Kareem Hunt, you know, he might get suspended because he's a knucklehead and all, all these other reasons. But I think at the end of the day, for me, not to give it to Carolina Reaper, 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 Carolina Reaper, Reaper Carolina high. Reaper, just just wouldn't be fair because th- this is real, real hot. I so, mean, I think the challenge that Chubb has is that he's got to elevate against some guys that are going to be the RB ones on their offense. They're they're going to get all the carries and a bunch of targets that I just don't think Nick Chubb is going to get. I think he's going to have that same year, but to say he's going to be overall number one, that's a that's a big hill to climb for him. So, so I like this. Right. Another point is that, so Chubb did have eight touchdowns last year, but he scored those in only five games. So week four against Baltimore, he scored three touchdowns last season. Then outside of that, you know, he had another five in, in four total games. He didn't have a single receiving touchdown. So his, his total that came out at eight, I think is fine. But if he can keep those eight rushing touchdowns, 
add two, three, four more passing touchdowns and a few more yards there along with targets because the offense just isn't isn't running in the same kind of dysfunctional way that it was last year where near the end of the season, you know, Baker Mayfield needs to tell OBJ where to line up, things like that. Like I could see some more stability and the offense maybe not as, as exciting, but for his production being much more. So I, I'm, I, I'm aggressively trying to still acquire Nick Chubb. Uh, even though I know he does have that catastrophic knee injury, we could see, you know, kind of that arthritis come into play in the next few years, but give me the one year of just boom potential. Yeah. I, I, I like, I like the, the take. It, it's fun. And um, I, I think there's a, certainly a sliver of chance that could happen. It, it's, it, it's um, going to be interesting to see what happens with, with Cleveland, like a lot of other teams and how that backfield settles out with, with Chubb and, Kareem Hunt, who's been a very trendy redraft pick. Well, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but he goes uh, a lot higher in redraft leagues than, than I don't know if I think it's, it's just I, mean, I think he should. He I, he, sorry. No, go ahead. He hasn't, been, he hasn't been able to hang out at any uh, Ohio resorts, <laughs> which I guess Ohio has resorts that you go to. Right. Uh, not, nothing against Ohio. Great, you know, okay state. Um, <laughs> no, just kidding. Great state. Great. I just wanted to yell like great state. Uh, I think I think Ohio uh, is a fine state. It's on par with like Iowa, where I'm from. So that shows you how you know that that I have some love for Ohio. <laughs> but I don't think it's a place you go to to go to resorts, right? Like that that you're not sitting on like a nice beach in Ohio hanging out. So those were closed this year. So maybe that maybe that helps his opportunity to completely blow his career. But I think Kareem Hunt still has that knucklehead factor. He really does. When you do when you do stupid stuff like that. I want to see it play out more before I really invest into cream hunt. And I know in redraft, the risk is lower because potentially you have less invested, you know, things like that. But cream hunts dynasty value. I, I still, I'm not willing to buy at where people are selling him. And if, and if I have him, I, I only want to sell where people are buying. I'd actually probably go slightly under what people are, are buying for. Yeah. I, I, this was months ago, but I, I was able to acquire Adam Thielen for cream hunt, which I thought, was a, was a pretty pretty great deal. Although the other owner may thought may think they got the better end of the deal, um, half point PPR league. But I, I, I just see Thielen having an outstanding year this year, and then hopefully next year, at least a couple of years. Where Cream Hunt is he's a little bit dicey. He's a running back. Well, we'll see. So anyway, I, I may I may lose that bet. But I, I, was, I was happy. Nick Chubb, right? right. Oh, Nick Chubb. That's, that's the thing. Okay, we are. Moving on, so you've got one left, and, and I've got two left. But um, I think my two, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what you think. Pretty hot. So here, here is my next to last hot take. The Las Vegas Raiders, almost said Oakland Raiders, Raiders. <laughs> will have two of the top three rookie wide receivers. You're going to have Ruggs as your rookie wide receiver one, and, of course, Brian Edwards as your rookie wide receiver three. This is yeah, a class full I mean, of wide receivers. It's, it was, it's having both of those in there. I think the stacking of that to me doesn't instantly make it a Carolina Reaper, but it basically instantly makes it a Carolina Reaper. Woohoo! Yeah. Uh, with, with Judy and uh, CD lamb having good landing spots, as far as like what they can do. Uh, Ruggs is a, an interesting rookie projection. So for him to finish as the rookie wide receiver one by itself is a very, very hot take. I still think that. Uh, because you're saying it's number one, like there's not like a lot of flexibility there. Right. It's same with like Chubby and running back. You know, it's like those kind of things. 
Yeah. Uh, and then Edwards will be up there too. I do think that this sets up well for both of these guys to perform really well. And I have a really hard time, Ryan, deciding, especially in an auction redraft league, what, what I want to spend on these guys. Cause I think in dynasty, they're, they're hard. They're, they're probably too hard to acquire at this moment to where it oh, may yeah. not be, may not be worth the risk that you have to take. Right. I have a really hard time like getting myself motivated to try to go out and acquire one of these guys. If I haven't already, like in the rookie draft. Uh-huh. So if this happens though, uh, the, there's some great passing production. So what does that do for like Derek Carr in the future? Do you think there's, there's no quarterback change? Like t- tell me some more, tell me some more. Yeah. I, I mean, w- I think we talked about this a little bit on the show before where the Raiders offense last year statistically was actually a pretty good offense. And I, and I do think that, you know, Derek Carr could, could have a good year. I mean, I don't necessarily think he's going to like elevate, you know, his dynasty rankings or anything, but I think he could have a decent year. I, I, th- I thought about it. I looked, I couldn't didn't have any quarterback takes tonight because I looked at the quarterbacks where they were going and stuff. And, you know, the, a lot of the stuff you've, you've heard about, you know, Jer- Joe Burrow can be a, quarterback one or cam newton could have sneaky upside but that's not really hot take because you know well burrow is probably a little bit hot once again but i think so many people are on burrow and then cam newton you know quarterback one that's we've seen him do it before it's not our ages to to say that um so so but when i looked at i was thinking about Derek carr because i'm like i I think he could have a sneaky good year just with the weapons he has you know i I think that with josh jacobs helping to move the ball on the ground hopefully he'll he'll be a threat in the air as well darren waller is a solid tight end and then these rookie wide receivers, you know, if you watch Alabama, I, I mean, Ruggs was just incredible. And I know he, he once again, I, I'm projecting him to be a bit of an outlier because I know if you look at the profiles of these successful wide receivers in the NFL, Ruggs doesn't exactly have it. But I, I, I do think that, you know, he has some special traits that, that could translate in the NFL and he could be a fantasy stud. And, and, and we've talked about Brian Edwards, you know, he's, he's been a favorite, I think, of the dynasty community for a long time, especially this offseason, because we know he slipped just because of, you know, like I think injury concerns. And um, I just think these guys together are a good pair and, and they could, they could put up some big numbers in, in Las Vegas. So I'm excited to see the Las Vegas Raiders and, and what they can do. So, yeah. And I do think we underrate Gruden's impact. He's a good offensive coach. So mm-hmm. he can do, he, he, you should have, you should be willing to invest in Raiders, uh, I, I think, at least in redraft. I mean, these kind of, like, dynasty players, people are projecting further out. So, it's hard. like, these guys are hard to acquire. And Josh Jacobs, we talked about being, what, RB5 next year in dynasty rankings. So, we're, right. obviously, we're, we're saying that the offense is going to be better overall. I think that that's what that says, at least a little bit at, on the margins. And so, uh, Ryan, we all know you love rugs because he has massive mitts. That, that was an easy call. <laughs> like, the dude had some of the biggest hands in the combine this year. So, obviously, Ryan loves him. That's I could have seen that from, you know, across the continent. No, <laughs> super easy call there. Uh, Edwards, I think, being rookie wide receiver three is, is even what pushes this because that's, uh, you know, the adaptation of the NFL coming from a South Carolina offense that wasn't good. Have you ever watched South Carolina football last year? I mean, <laughs> it's painful almost to watch. and i'm I'm not kidding like i i I have sympathy for all the south carolina fans because you had talent that just just wasn't maximized whatsoever and and it come that that came a lot back to a lot of quarterback play so i hope that he ingratiates well and that he has a really great uh career so i i but i think easily it's carolina reaper yeah in redraft leagues 
a couple of names are super intriguing. You know, you know, Ruggs goes several rounds earlier, but you could get Brian Edwards, according to Fantasy Football Calculator, uh, in the 14th round. You can get Lizzo Chanel in the 14th round, too. I mean, talk about some flyers to take into your redraft leagues if they're there. Like, both those guys are super compelling. But, um, all right, well, we're, we're going to bring it home. Do, do you, do you want to go – last with your take or you want me to go next go two in a row or how do you want to do it are you no i I can do it i'm going to do one last one i think should be kind of fun uh because i'm going to skip my homer pick that was about adam Thielen. i'm going to skip some of my fringe ones and one negative one and then one about (laughs) adam gaze uh and another one kind of correlates with this but uh i'm going to go the texans and the washington football team both have a thousand yard rushers on their teams this year all right, uh, that that's interesting. Um, are you, so you're not going to identify the rushers? You don't need to. I'm just. I'm just uh, like, the take, this is kind of like my soft, kind of like soft ending. Let, let's not get people, you know, crashing cars on the streets because it was too hot at the end. I gave you that one last time. But, but last who would you? Be, I'm not going to make it part of your take. But who would you bet on? Who? who would oh, be? I'm going with with the old man Adrian Peterson. I think he could do it. I think he could rush for a thousand yards of that team, and I think that it's. Uh, their, their defensive line is is good enough to maybe keep them in games in the early parts where you still see Adrian Peterson. He just is, is so weirdly elite uh, still. At, so I, I, I want, and this is again, maybe a little bit of fantasy wanting and just like wanting for Adrian Peterson to have a thousand rushing yards and the Texans, I think Dave Johnson's does it. I think that they keep him uh, in that offense in a role. That's like Carlos Hyde plus from last year. And it really makes me kind of sad about Duke Johnson, but I, I do think David, if assume, you know, I know bad backs don't become good backs ever as far as your actual back, not, not running back, but uh, I think he's going to get ridden quite a bit. I think he's going to get a lot of touches. And so I think David Johnson just creeps over that thousand yard rushing mark. These aren't, I'm not saying that these guys are going to blow a thousand yards out of the water, but maybe 1,001 each. Yeah. So I'm just looking at last year, um, Carlos Hyde, was just over a thousand yards, um, 1,070. And then AP for Washington in 15 games was at 898. So he, he was pretty and, close. Yeah. And the year prior, I think he was pretty close too, right? Or was that when he was switching teams? Uh, I'll look. Yeah. I'll find him. But um, so just, just because they were, you know, one team happened, another one team was so close. I, I don't think I can give it the almighty Carolina Reaper, but I, I think I could certainly give it a ghost pepper because I, I think that, there's a lot going against, you know, these, these guys like their age. And I think the backfields are kind of mixed and it'll be interesting to see if David Johnson can hold into that role. I, I I'm really curious to see what he has left in the tank. Uh, and if maybe Duke Johnson could, can maybe, you know, take over that backfield in some way half, halfway through the year, our guy, Duke Johnson, that would be awesome. Um, so I'm going to give it a, a ghost pepper. Um, yeah, so totally fine. So what do you think, you know, we, we talk about that these aren't necessarily actionable items, but is, is a guy like AP, you think he's worth, you know, drafting like late in drafts where you can get him or, I mean, David Johnson probably is being drafted quite high. So. Oh, I think depending on how you go about your team build, I think AP is a nice like fill in play, you know, his worst game, he might get you like six and a half fantasy points, but he's not going to put up a, a donut. Yeah. It, it, AP did have a th- over a thousand yards in, in 2018. I found him. 1042 yeah. man that's amazing it just isn't it isn't it crazy he's 35 so years that's why and, and, and <laughs> the i do think david johnson i'm, I'm probably not going to own a lot of david johnson 
but I do think it's possible that he still hits that. I don't think his receptions are going to like, we went through this last year with Duke Johnson and talking about how they passed the running backs and just still wasn't, wasn't there a lot, you know? And I honestly, I somehow Duke Johnson just didn't fit in with what they were doing. So I think he's still going to be the spellback to David Johnson. Yeah. So, it'll, it'll I, so be, that's kind of where I see. And I think their offensive line had, did get better. And I think Tunzel finally being with the team for a somewhat of an off season, but at least coming in at the beginning of the season under there. And uh, the other guy that, they took after they got sniped uh, by the Eagles in the draft. He's actually turned out, I guess, to be a pretty good offensive lineman and is, uh, is coming around. So it's uh, what's his name anyway. So, th- and they they also, they tend to commit to rushing the ball still quite a bit. Yeah. It, I, I can't wait. I, I'm actually that Thursday night game is going to be so much fun to watch. You know, the Texans go to Kansas city. Well, well, you have football. Number, <laughs> yeah, well, well, it's football. Number one. But number number two, well, just with you know, are, I think is Kansas City is one of those places that they're gonna they're gonna have limited fans in the stands, right? So we're gonna have like you know five thousand people spread out over Arrowhead, which will be interesting. Um, but it, you know, like how how do the Texans do going to Kansas City? I mean, how good does Kansas City look? Um, or is it gonna be rusty? Is it gonna be horrible football because these teams aren't as aren't as um, well oiled as they usually are going into the year? It's just I'm fascinated to. It's gonna be. I think it's gonna be a Kansas City offensive explosion though. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know what the, what the line is, but I just feel like the, the smart money should be in Kansas City no matter what. I, I don't know. I mean, I know Deshaun Watson's good, but, the, you know, I, I don't know. It'll be fun to watch. I hope it's a competitive game. I mean, what, I was, what were the Texans up on the Chiefs in that playoff game? It was like 21 points or something? I think it was 21 points, yeah. Yeah. And yet you still kind of saw them, like, worried. They, they were still playing, like, weirdly scared. <laughs> it was the oddest game. It was fun. It was odd. But that, I mean, it's just the legacy of Patrick Mahomes was built. Yeah. I, I feel like, because that was the first game that Chiefs played because they had to buy. Like, that's where it started. And it just continue. oh, gives me like goosebumps. It was so much fun. Like we, as sports fans, that's what we want to watch. Yeah, I want to go back and on Game Pass and watch that game again now. Uh, gosh, that was a, that was a, f- a fun game. Uh, the playoffs were good last year. I, I man, I, I hope we hope we get there and, and get that again. So d- d- that kind of leads me into my last oddball spicy take. Well, this is kind of a fun one, um, and it is the Indianapolis Colts, maybe or maybe not led by Andrew Luck, because if Philip Rivers goes down, Andrew Luck might come out of retirement, right, and lead that team. But seriously, the Colts, um, you know, with with, with Jonathan Taylor who comes on as a RB one latter part of the twenty twenty season. Uh, the emerging Paris Campbell, Jack Doyle will storm into the Super Bowl and take down your Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks. That's my my final take of the night. So what do you think? Colts, Seahawks, Super Bowl, and the Colts and the Seahawks, what do you think? Oh, I think calling that th- here is Carolina Reaper. One, this is assuming a Super Bowl happens. Uh, <laughs> yeah, then there's is, that other element to it. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, – the Jonathan Taylor, I feel like it's a side note the latter part of the 20 season, but yeah, Jack Doyle being a big part of it, he's going to drop some sort of very important pass in like week <laughs> 17, an important game. Philly, uh, Philly. <laughs> yeah, that like, pass. Come yeah, on. yeah, no, like he's going to throw it, but he's going to, it's going to like spike into the ground. <laughs> Hits his foot and then it's an interception touchdown for the other team to go up by six. Uh, no T.Y. Hilton mentioned, only Paris Campbell, only Jack Doyle. 
Yeah, I mean, I mean, those are just, they're just naming some names there. I'm ba- basically, I'm just saying it's a, a Colts Seahawks Super Bowl, the Colts winning. So, which is a little bit silly, but would you know, I'm kind of disappointed if it wasn't the Chiefs Seahawks. Oh, I would, I, I would, and and that's what makes us take a little bit, you know, m- maybe outside of the box. But I do think the Colts think, have a, a really good team, oh, such a good defense. Yeah, their defense with, with, is, is sneaky high upside. Yeah, with the Forrest Buckner, you know, uh, now they've added him on their line, and then Darius Leonard, who is just a they stud. grabbed Xavier Rhodes, which who I think just yeah. needed to get out of Minnesota. He just wasn't yeah. happy in Minnesota. Yeah, their and defense. How many times have you seen a quarterback go to a new team in Excel? Who's at least at one point in their career an elite quarterback, like yeah. cor- sorry cornerback. Like Justin Darrell Revis, when he jumped around, like he he had then boom seasons again. So I think Xavier Rhodes could come back to some really good form, and I think that team, yeah, they they just have a uh, that that defensive core. It just I don't think that they have a chance to be bad, Ryan. And I think that's huge for the regular seasons for week over week win, just accumulating wins. Right. Them. Like I don't think they're going to get blown out ever. Yeah. You know, based on the defensive yeah. performance. And, so. and, and the AFC South, uh, you know, I, I just see the Texans declining. I know Deshaun Watson can make it interesting because he's such a great quarterback. And um, obviously the, the the Jags, you know, we can just dismiss them at this point. They're they're tanking. And then then you've got the, the Titans, and, and we'll see. I, I mean, you know, I, I, I was impressed with what I saw from them last year, but I just kind of – it kind of feels like they're going to let us down this year. But who knows? It, hopefully we'll get a chance to see it. It'll be a fun season. Um Will, any final thoughts on this uh, moving into the two minute warning or, or anything else so, you just want to share in general? Yeah. So, so hard not to try to get a Leonard Fournette taken here. <laughs> what Leonard so Fournette, something things. happened with him this week. What happened? So many negative things for Leonard Fournette in his career. And I was, I mean, it's just wrong about, I mean, he's, <laughs> his college is so good and such a man child. Well, like it, well, it was. Wait, Will, oh. Will, wait, Hey, you, you, you heard he's, he signed with the, the, the bucks, man. This is I know that's chance. why I want him in here. I want him <laughs> in here. He's the best running back in that team by far now. Yeah. He's so much better. So much better than Ronald Jones. Definitely. And he can at least stand in front of somebody who's big enough to get knocked over for Tom Brady to be able to throw a pass. I, I really, really hope, I really hope that, you know, the Rotowell Brothers said that it just tanks everybody's fantasy value. Uh, I am going to go out and try to acquire all the Leonard Fournette shares I can now for as cheap as possible, uh, and I I'm I'm in I'm in in this this little change. I know it's a one year thing, but one year you know later in the season, Leonard Fournette explosion could be happening. So what are you trying to pay for Fournette? What do you think is a, a good price? To I don't know yet. I haven't set out any offers. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna that's start good. low. I'm gonna start low, Ryan. <laughs> I think so, I might start with like I might start with like I don't know twenty twenty one like second round pick. Do you think that's too much? Because um, I would really like that. Because then I would just just do that. It'll be really interesting to see the people that have Fournette because you know I, I think there's that whole mentality that you know especially if, if someone has, still has him that drafted him. It's like I drafted him so high, I just can't let him go. There's hope that he could have this huge season with. Uh, the Bucks. So I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what it'll take to acquire him. I think it's going to be all over the board. I think we'll see, you know, maybe he'll go for 2021 seconds and then maybe he'll go for quite a bit more. Right? I mean, maybe he'll go for first rounders. Well, it, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see. Um, my, my two minute warning closing thought, I just want to point out, this is how you take advantage of news like this. So um, in league with no name, 
Commissioner Nathan Powell sent me an offer, and this is how you do it, because I, I have one share of Keyshawn Vaughn, and I basically have him in this league because of affiliations. I got him cheap in the auction, whatever. Not a big Keyshawn Vaughn believer. Tried to move him, couldn't do it. So Nathan offered me J.J. Taylor and a 2021 third for Keyshawn Vaughn. And, and I just thought that was, and I, I said, no, I, I just think that's an example of, of like looking at this news from different angles. And Keyshawn Vaughn is a guy that you might be able to acquire for nothing. And whether you love him or hate him, he's a guy that could certainly go up in value. Maybe not this year, but maybe in 2021, maybe, you know, after the one, one and done Fournette and they, they give up on Rojo, maybe Keyshawn Vaughn steps into that role with an off season and, and takes, takes it over. So if you could get him for, what was this offer again? JJ Taylor in a 2021. JJ Taylor. He's that um, uh, running back for the Patriots that some people are comparing to James White. He's like the, the scat back type. I don't know if he was even drafted or he was drafted super late. I don't remember. So I just thought this was a good example of a way to attempt to take advantage of, of the news and from a different angle. Cause it hadn't even occurred to me to like, should I try to get Keyshawn Vaughn super cheap for some of my dynasty teams? And I just thought the fact that Nathan, he's, he, he's one of those, you know, owners that always does that, listens to the news and tries to send offers to take advantage. I just thought it was a really smart play by Nathan. So Nathan, if you're listening to the show, well done. That was, it was a, maybe was a up nice the offer a little bit though. Nobody cares about thirds. But I, I think though, if, if you're active enough and you do that, someone may pull the trigger. Someone would be like, guys, oh, this cl- clog on my roster. I mean, I agree. It's a little bit low ballish, but at least getting the conversation started, um, I just think that that's, you know, the, the way to do it. Cause you just never know if you, if you're active enough and you send out these things, you know, and in this league, I should say a 2021 third it's rookie cash. So when the rookie auction, it, it, it you know, like th- that, even a, a, you know, enough, a third round pick, the cash is worth something you can pick up players. So it's not, it, it, it's actually more than it sounds. So, mm. all right. Anyway, mm. Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll close with 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 Will shaking his head and and, and, and grunting, grunting. <laughs> but Leonard hey. Fournette right now is oozing with upside. <laughs> you know what else is oozing with upside? The this podcast because we're going to move Will to dropping Thursday mornings regular season because what we do is we we'll record on Wednesday nights. The show will come out Thursday morning and get you ready for the week. So uh, we we've we've talked about some. Um, you know, ways to kind of tweak the show during in season. So I think it's going to be fun. Well, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for football. It's all, it's, it's going to happen uh, at least for one week. Yeah. I think, I think we'll get a bit. We'll at least get a bit, right? That's what we need right now. I hope so. Just a taste. I hope so. I hope there are no Miami Marlins or St. Louis Cardinals um, uh, among these NFL teams. Just, just follow the protocols, mask up, stay safe, gentlemen. So um, with that, I think we'll get out of here. We are the fantasy Joes. We are at FF Joe's on Twitter. Um, I am at Roto Librarian. He is at Fantasy Joe underscore Will. On behalf of Did Will, you know? I'm Ryan. And we are the Fantasy Joe's. Hot. Boom. We need to change it. I think that take, I'll give it an oozing with upside. Carolina. Yeah, it, just, it just oozes. <laughs> no, it's just like some kind of middling where you can't choose. It gets the ooze. So it could be it could be shredder with ooze, or you know it could be shredder after ooze. <laughs>